Hi, it's Andy Williams of the Alpha Mirrorless Show here on the TWIP Network. You're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks. They're the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just go to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up. This episode of TWIP is sponsored by the Out of Chicago Conference, bringing together passionate photographers for amazing photo experiences. This is TWIP, episode 459, Alpha Mirrorless Arrives. In this very special episode of TWIP, I introduce you to the newest addition to the TWIP network, the Alpha Mirrorless Podcast. This is a milestone for the TWIP network because it represents the very first time TWIP has created a property focused on one brand, and in this case, it's Sony Alpha. The show is hosted by two professional photographers, Andy Williams and Juan Pons, both of which are avid Sony shooters, but neither of them are sponsored by Sony. They're just regular professional photographers who made the decision to purchase Sony cameras. In this episode, we discuss the inception of the show, the differences between the various A7 models, Sony's lack of a touchscreen, lens options, and more. This is a fantastic and fun episode of TWIP. The guys have worked really hard to bring you this amazing new podcast, so please head over to iTunes and alphamirrorless.com and give them some feedback and some love. It's Monday, April 4th, 2016, and this is TWIP. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today is a very special and momentous episode of TWIP. You may have seen, if you if you follow TWIP at all on social media or on our email list, that we recently launched the newest addition to the TWIP network, and it's called Alpha Mirrorless. So we decided to devote this episode of TWIP to talking about that show and some of the things that we had in mind when putting that show together, as well as just kind of a discussion about the general state of mirrorless, and specifically Sony Alpha Mirrorless. So The hosts of that show are here with me as my guests. We've got Mr. Andy Williams joining us and Mr. Juan Pons. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Howdy, Frederick. Hi, everybody. How are you doing, guys? Glad to be here. This is going to be good. Are you guys excited? I mean, we we just launched that show a couple days ago, and already, I'm not going to reveal the exact numbers, but I'm looking at the stats now, but already you guys are competitive with some of the more popular shows on the TWIP network already, and we haven't even officially launched it. It's so, super, it's super exciting, and we're seeing tons of uh, feedback already from a couple of Facebook posts you made and we made, and I think people are ready to hear about this. So it is very yeah. exciting for both of us. Just, you know, we were early adopters, of course, but it's fun to talk about, and the topics are great, and the audience is receptive, so we're, we're really happy. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions out there. I mean, we get questions all the time about mirrorless and you know the advantages of mirrorless, having these small cameras, um, and you know there's a lot, so much. I mean, just like any transition that's happened, we there's so much misinformation or uninformation, really more than or lack of information that uh, we wanted to be able to share all the information that we know with everybody out there. Yeah, and I think what's cool about you guys is your, you know, I. 
when we were kind of building the show, I think it, it was exciting to me because you guys aren't salespeople. You're not spokespeople for Sony. You are real users that go out with this gear in the trenches. I mean, you guys are running, you're on the road more than you're at home running workshops and putting this gear through its paces. So it's not like you're you're sitting on the couch watching <laughs> The Walking Dead, polishing your brand new piece of Sony gear. <laughs> yeah, we're not pixel peepers. We're definitely definitely putting this equipment through its ringer. Um, and comparing it to everything else we've had before and how it stacks up, how it holds up under, you know, use or consistent use. Not, you know, not those people that put the camera on the shelf and they have it up there for, you know, three months and then they go out for one shoot and then pull it back out, you know, kind of thing. Wait, yeah. can you can you guys hold on? I have to put the pictures of my cat and my coffee mug and my keyboard away. <laughs> <laughs> See, exactly, exactly. I mean, and that goes to that goes to you know one of the main reasons this the show is is interesting for the Twip Network for a lot of reasons. One of the main reasons is that it represents a departure in the way that we've done things for the last you know half a decade plus. This is the first show since the inception of the Twip Network that we've created something that was vertically focused and brand specific. So this show is specifically about Sony Alpha mirrorless cameras, right? So all of our other shows, TWIP included, are general. They're generalist. They're Switzerland. This one, we figured we're going to go, instead of going broad, we're going to go deep into this one topic. And I think the the audience and the popularity of the Sony brand in the A7 series and the A6000, X6300, all these cameras that are building these giant audiences support a show like this. So congratulations yeah. on being pioneers. Well, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Like we talked about, I mean, Juan and I are both involved in not only our own professional work, but you know, we're instructors and workshop leaders and, and we're traveling, like you said, you know, every, every month we're off somewhere. And so we see and hear so much from so many different kinds of photographers. I think that we're sort of a good sounding board for the general pulse of what's going on out there. And in fact, Juan and I were doing some research last night on a topic discussion about, you know, switching from DSLR to, DSLR to mirrorless. And the, the reactions and the comments out there are extremely telling <laughs> this far in to mirrorless camera life cycle. And it's actually going to be the subject of one of our very upcoming episodes that we'll, we'll be doing, I think, next week. So, yeah. yeah, we're excited and we've got a great audience and there's a lot of people that, you know, want to hear about this. Um, and so it's it's just came together real fast and it's fun. I mean, why don't I have as much fun putting the show topics together as we do talking about the stuff on the show? Right. right. I mean, and you, we're trying, you know, it. we're trying to limit the, the how much we talk on the show so that we're not boring people to death because, you know, these are, you know, a little more technical or in-depth topics. So um, and we have a hard time, you know, kind of, you know, keeping it down to a manageable amount of time. Um, because there's so much information out there that, you know, we're kind of like frothing at the mouth kind of, you know, with all the information coming out. Well, give me a peek into what the show is going to be about. I know what it is, but for the for the the general TWIP audience, a lot of people will be saying, well, are probably thinking, well, how deep can you go? Can you get to 459 episodes like TWIP talking specifically <laughs> about this topic? Tell me about how you guys are going to approach that. Well, well I think I, wanna, well, I think one of the the things that makes that job easier for us. If you look at the amount of product announcements that Sony is making, I think Sony in this year alone, they probably made more product announcements than the established, you know, camera brands in the past two years. Um, you know, these guys are firing on all cylinders, coming up with a lot of innovations. There's a lot of us, 
a lot of things to talk about, not just on the camera front, on the on the lens, on the apps that these cameras have. Oh, did I already let the cat out of the bag? There's apps <laughs> on these cameras. You know, all this kind of stuff that um, there's so much to talk about. And yes, we're going to go deep. I mean, for example, one episode that we just recorded recently is about the settings in the camera itself. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to also try to go broad. You know, we, we probably will have an episode on wildlife a little later on. That's going to talk about not just how to use these cameras for wildlife, but maybe we'll touch on some wildlife topics in general as well. Well, that's mm-hmm. the important thing, Frederick. It's not just about, you know, Sony alpha mirrorless. It's about photography first and foremost with these devices and then, you know, general concepts and uh, about mirrorless as well. But you were yeah. talking about, you know, is there going to be enough and can we get to 857 episodes? <laughs> and I bet you we will. As a matter of fact, I think you just threw down so Juan, I accept the challenge. Do you? Yes, I accept uh, the challenge. I okay. think we're gonna, you know, exactly. how, how much are you putting exactly. down on the table, Frederick? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know what? I I will put down. Let me see. <laughs> if you guys, okay, here we go. You heard it here first on this this announcement for Alpha Mirrorless. If you guys get to episode one hundred, like when you get to, no, not if, but when you get to episode one hundred. I will, let's see, how do I, what's the best way to put this? <laughs> I've got to take notes. I know, I will purchase the lens of your choice under $2,000 <laughs> from B&H for you. Deal. How about that? Deal, deal, deal. <laughs> lens of your choice from b and I'll have it shipped directly to you. You got to get to 100 that's awesome. And, and I think one of the reasons why we will, as Juan just mentioned, like today we recorded and talked about settings. And it's difficult when you're talking about a visual medium, our business, our, our passion, in an audio kind of environment, right? But we got through the settings. But what we don't do, for example, is we didn't dive into a whole nother half hour subject, which is just how to get yourself set up for autofocus. That'll be another episode. So a lot of things can be introduced in you know one discussion and then dug into much deeper in a subsequent discussion and we'll you know we're already starting to carry topics from one episode to the next you know i mean we talked about lenses for 30 or 40 minutes in one of our early episodes but you know that's going to be something that'll always be talked about yeah Yeah, we're gonna yeah yeah, i mean canon's i mean uh um, sony's coming out with lenses like there's no tomorrow you know, and, and, you know, I think what's different well, is Canon what makes... can also, but we can use them on our system. So that's well, fine. That's right. That's, that's <laughs> true. We can use a Canon and, and icon lenses and all those all kind of lenses. But I think what, what's different between like Sony and, you know, all these kind of upcoming brands, I mean, Sony's not a new brand in photography, neither is Panasonic, but what's happening now is that there is this resurgence and in interest in these brands. And there's a, so much information out there, um, you know, and these systems are so new when you compare that to, you know, a system that's been around like, you know, I don't know, for over 10 years that like the Canon EOS system, well, there's a lot, a level of familiarity with those systems that doing a podcast that is you know, solely focused on one of those older brands may be a little bit more difficult because you're introducing, you're talking about topics that a lot of people are familiar with already. There's so yeah. many new people interested in these systems, you know, all these you know mirrorless camera systems that, you know, there's a lot, you know, a lot of people are, are hungry for this information. Yeah. Um, and there's, like you said at the beginning, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mi- mis and oh disinformation out there around just mirrorless in general. And like Andy, you were saying, we're at that, 
we're still in that, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a transitionary period because that kind of says that one thing is going away, which it may be. DSLRs may be going away, but I think they're going to be around for quite a while, you know, mm-hmm. but they're, they're going to be relegated to the people that need that level of horsepower and the things that that those cameras can offer that that mirrorless cameras necessarily can't, at least today in, as state of the art. So the part of the disinformation and education that I'm looking forward to you guys providing is what are those differences? Because there's always that, well, mirrorless, you can't, you know, like on micro four thirds, I shoot Lumix cameras. People are saying, well, you can't good, can't get good bokeh with those cameras because the sensor's too small or they're not fast enough for sports or the sensor's so little, you're not going to, you can't blow it up beyond a four by six, you know, disinformation like that yeah hopefully you guys will dispel that right you see that print behind me on the wall frederick that big elephant yeah that's from a panasonic gx7 oh wow look at that it's five feet wide i mean so yeah those are the kinds of things that we need to do Uh, there's a lot of myths that need to be busted um you know there's a lot of discussions that need to be had uh so that people can truly understand you know, the capabilities out there, but it, it, it's going to be, you know, definitely about that centered around uh, Sony alpha mirrorless cameras and bodies. So we'll definitely be talking gear. We, we hope to give news. We hope to give, you know, gear advice and talk about the technology. We hope to, to find out about accessories. And then on every episode, we want to talk about techniques and, you know, how to photograph different kinds of things better. For example, mm-hmm. we hope to give, some of our wisdom that we have and learn about whether it's an app or uh, a handy device that we use on a photo trip um, or a technique in Lightroom even. I mean, it could be almost anything. That, yeah. that, and so uh, to paraphrase somebody famous, you might, you know, you, n- you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, who said that? Uh, Forrest Gump, right? Yeah, Forrest so, Gump. <laughs> so I'm looking at it. I When I think of this show and these kinds of shows, I think of them as kind of like uh, – you know, I'm in California, so there's lots of car clubs and things like that around. So I think of it as like a Corvette club, right? So you go to these Corvette clubs and all the people that own all these different various Corvettes get together and share their love for Corvettes. But the meeting that the meetings that they have, yeah, they'll they'll, you know, go back and forth about the different carburetors and tires and all this stuff. But it's about their love of driving in the end. They right. love driving. And this show is about the love of photography. You guys, your your weapon of choice to execute that photography happens to be Sony Alpha brand cameras. Uh, and that's what that's the glue that holds everyone together. But in the end, you're, you're photographers, right? Yep. Right. Yeah, yes, absolutely. About photography, first and foremost, these are just the tools of our choice. Um, you know, and you can, you know, as they say, you know, the, the photographer, the photographer, the photograph is made by the photographer, not by the camera itself. I mean, you can you can give a, a, a skilled photographer, any kind of camera, and they'll still come up with a, uh, a, a good end result. But the tools that we end up using are going to be are the ones going to enable us to have a better experience, have you know better chance of capturing you know the images that we that we've had in our mind. Now, so let's get here, uh, Frederick. You asked a question about you know what really makes the mirrorless all that compelling compared to the DSLRs? Because I agree mm-hmm, with you, mm-hmm. the DSLRs are going to be around for a while. They're not going. They're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, I would imagine that they're going to be around forever only because, you know, they, they have their place. Mirrorless cameras have lots of advantages, but they do have the disadvantages, you know. And, and I think one of the biggest disadvantages that we have today is that most of these mirrorless camera systems are pretty young. 
They're pretty immature compared to, you know, the Sony EOS system that's been around you know, for over the sorry, the Canon EOS <laughs> system. And, you know, I'm telling you, these brands are going to like. Is there an acquisition I don't head. know about happening one? Yeah. <laughs> Stock market crashes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the Canon EOS system, you know, the, the, there is, the, the, that's, that system has been around for over 10 years. Um, and, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of knowns there. Um, and there's been a lot of time to refine that system and come up with, you know, refinements along the way by, you know, a plethora of, of, um, of photographers. I think that, you know, even though Sony, for example, you know, kind of brought in the history from, um, from Minolta, you know, there's still, you look at this system and you can tell there's some growing pains in here. So not everything is, is rosy. And we're going to talk about those growing pains and those, those little kinks in the system as well. But it's still exciting to see what's happening on, you know, just a very regular and frequent basis about improvements that are coming across all the different manufacturers of mirrorless. Um, But certainly Sony is, is, you know, coming out with new stuff all the time. And we're talking about it already on the show, you know, improvements being made, from my perspective, you know, much faster than improvements got made over, you know, the last 15 years of, of, of DSLR. Yeah. yeah oh I mean, yeah. It, you guys remember, you remember back in the day when, you know, I, when I, when I jumped into the game, my first, my first camera was a Nikon, uh, what was it? Uh, F3, I believe it was. Mm. So film, all manual, tank like i think it was made out of the same stuff sherman tanks were made out of. right you know (laughs) you could hammer a nail with it you know (laughs) yeah literally a lot of people did um but you know the 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 that era when we went from the f3 to you know the f4 which was all curvy and sleek and beautiful and all that there were like years between these camera releases and it was a big deal when a new body came out it was like okay yes the obvious differences and the advances in this new body completely make my old one obsolete and i have to have that new one you fast forward to today and the the changes are marked but they're more incremental so do you, do you guys agree with that? I mean, yeah, even Sony's Sony's advancing and releasing these new, amazing, better and better camera bodies. But at the same time, it's not the F3 or the, you know, the the first Canon camera to the to now that kind of delta. Totally. In- incremental is a good word. It's happening and happening regularly. Um, I, I have always advised people, to, you know, buy your lenses and the bodies come and go, you know, invest in good glass. And I think that's another reason why Juan and I are so excited about this system, not just because it's mirrorless, but because it's Sony mirrorless. There's such a wide variety of glass that we can put on these different camera bodies using adapters. So it's not just whatever Sony decides that they want to market as native lenses, which, by the way, you know, okay, when they came out three, four years ago, there wasn't much. And now there's, I don't know, too many to count. A huge yeah. a number, I mean, of actual Sony native E and FE mount lenses. It's a great selection. There's definitely some holes, and Juan and I are talking about them. Um, but then when you count anything else you can add to this system just by using a pretty simple adapter, uh, and that's another example of the technology that's changing so rapidly is the adapters mm-hmm. are getting better. Um, Sigma's well, that was at- the thing. That was the thing. I mean, part of the part of the allure to mirrorless is the whole idea, you know, on on Micro Four Thirds, on Fuji, <clears throat> Fuji, etc., and Sony. 
you can use your legacy glass on there. But to date, and hopefully you guys clear this up for me, to date, those adapters essentially turned your expensive piece of glass into a manual piece of glass. Not always. Right? Not, not always. always. There, That's yeah, what's changing some, so fast. Yeah, there's I mean, some adapters, like the one that I use is a, a, from a company called Metabones that mm-hmm. actually gives you full electronic control of your Canon glass. Um, you get the image stabilization, you get all the aperture control, everything goes, you know, goes through that, that connection. So yeah, you don't have the autofocus is not as fast as it is on a native Canon system, but the autofocus works beautifully as well. You know, you don't, for example, I can't follow that, that uh, bald eagle coming in to catch a fish in the water. You know, the autofocus is not that good when you have the adapters. But I can certainly follow a bison running across or... I was going to say, you can follow across. that elephant that's behind Andy back there. <laughs> Absolutely. <right? laughs> but, yeah, no, you know, even that, though, Juan, as we were talking in our show, that's changing. And other companies are announcing stuff that's going to take advantage of the, you know, the, the technological achievements that are coming from Sony on the mirrorless system. Namely, the super fast, uh, super sensitive autofocus system on their full frame body now. So we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff in uh, in our very upcoming episodes. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, We use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or, you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone. You can b- whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash twip, enter the code this week in photo or twip in the how did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of this week in photo. One of the things that, that I want to have both of you guys address this, one of the, the other arguments that has been coming up increasingly lately has been to date, 
the whole quote mirrorless movement part of it, or at least a big part of it has been about size and weight oh, and the weight you just advantages. read my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The weight advantages that you get by moving to mirrorless, these giant DSLRs and, you know, like Andy, you were saying some people that, you know, as you get older, you may not want to be carrying all that right. weight around with you. And with it's, it's attractive to move to a smaller system with no mirror, because that means everything's smaller. <laughs> However, we're seeing large sizes show up on the mirrorless side now that are kind of taking that argument away. What well, you guys they're, say about they're, that? Yeah, there they're are two. I think there are two um, things to think about in that respect from mirrorless side. There are two types of mirrorless systems. You have the full frame systems and then you'll have the crop sensor systems like the Micro Four Thirds or the APS-C. On yep. the Sony side, you have full frame and you have APS-C sized uh, sensors. Now, when you're talking full frame, Yes, you're not the the size advantage is not going to be there because you're still dealing with a full frame sensor. So you need the lenses to project that circle, you know, yeah. in the in in the sensor to actually fill that full frame. So yes, you are not gaining any advantage on the size perspective when you're dealing with the full frame. But when you're dealing with the um, uh, crop sensor cameras, certainly you have now the advantage of the smaller lenses and the smaller body and whatnot. You still have the smaller body on the full frame cameras because you don't have that mirror. You know they're 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 much smaller, much thinner, um, and they're packing a lot more more uh, uh, more. The electronics are tighter in those systems as well. Now, and that's a big misconception because you're right. A lot of people think, oh, mirrorless is all about size, right? Yeah. I want to carry less. To me, the size is a side benefit. You know, the reason I, for example, out of all the mirrorless systems, and I tested not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, the reason, first and foremost, I went with Sony is the image quality is not mm -hmm. necessarily the size. The size was a, a nice bonus. But when you look at the files that come out of these cameras, the Sony cameras, the Sony sensors, you know, you, you drool over these files because the dynamic range, the clarity, the detail on them are, is just outstanding. I mean, is it, is it that much different from, I mean, Micro Four Thirds, obviously it's math, right? So you're getting right. more data there to look at. But I hear a similar kind of argument from people on the Fuji side where they're saying, the images that come out of these Fuji XT series cameras is just amazing and flooring. And, you know, it, what's the, what's I think, the difference? I think at some point that, that you're splitting hairs for sure. And yeah. most of us, you know, Juan said it before, we're not pixel peepers, but in the end, sometimes you have to be able to, you know, you got to know how well your sensor's doing in the shadows. You know, what's the dynamic range? Right. And, it, are you, and people like Juan and me and you, Frederick, you know, we look at an image and we can just tell. We don't have to use mathematical values typically, <laughs> um, and we we rarely do. But I think the image quality is there when you're comparing Fuji, Sony, and all that. I'm not going to get involved in that at all. I will tell you that uh, having shot the Panasonic system for a good two plus years while I was going through some orthopedic issues, let's say, <laughs> and having a couple of surgeries. I did need to go light. Um, I needed to be super, super light. And so I carried that that Panasonic GX7 and the little tiny lenses, right? Th those are, there is a size difference right there. And because of the people, uh, we see a lot of people that, you know, they're in this for their passion. You know, they want a camera that has all the manual controls. They want to be able to do all the same things that they're doing on their, pick one, Nikon, Canon, Pentax, I don't care, DSLR. And they want to be able to do all the same things, shoot raw, get great images, but they don't want to carry the the brick. Yeah. And so I've, I mean, I I can't tell you how many 
GX7s and GX8s I've sold over the years to clients who just prefer to carry something a little lighter and have a smaller lens. You know, what is the, the 24 millimeter uh, Panasonic's or, or Olympus lenses? I mean, they weigh like an ounce. They're like that big. Yeah, you yeah. Just put them in your pocket. I mean, honestly, so yeah. the, some mirrorless, there is a definite size advantage because those people can get, in my opinion, the same image quality as many other APS-C DSLRs. I mean, yeah, yeah you're going to split hairs. You have resolution difference, but I will argue the quality is just darn near right. equal. So, now, when you go from, you can go from uh, micro four thirds to a full frame, there's going to be a difference in image quality. And you're going to pay that price. As Juan said, the body is almost the same size. The lenses are almost the same size. You, there's no arguing or working around physics. You can't yeah. change it. Yeah, don't don't buy a motorcycle expecting to, you know, take your family on a cross-country vacation. Right? Exactly. And there are some things, you know, both Juan and I wish, you know, we wish the batteries weren't so wimpy. And they are, honestly. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, So that's an example. But no, we don't ever tell people that, you know, uh, size, you know is going to be the big difference maker. Size matters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah. really does. That's what I keep, I've been preaching that for years, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, right. I, guess, I guess what I was trying to get at is this is not a one issue thing. You know what I'm saying is there are multiple reasons why you do mirrorless. Yes. For yeah. some people, it's going to be the size of the camera, the size of the gear they're carrying, but other people are going to be quality for other people are, you know, the uh, electronic viewfinders, for example, which to me is something that a lot of people don't talk about. And it is huge. It's a huge advantage that you have a, a, a electronic viewfinder in which I can have while I'm looking through my viewfinder, I can have the histogram right there and I can make adjustments to my image without, you know, having to pull back my eye, look at the back and look at the histogram on the back of the camera. I can do that right through the viewfinder. To me, that's huge. Especially when a lot of these advances is funny, you know, a lot of these advances and and I use the word advances in quotes because this stuff has been here forever in the video world. Right. So basically we're just taking video technology Mm -hmm. and and making it putting it in a in a in a form factor that photographers can get their brain around. Right. So all this overlay and seeing what you're doing and what you see is what you get when you adjust your f stop i.e. app or iris right. you know it's <laughs> it's and, all and zebras and focus peaking how about that all that yeah <laughs> they've had that for decades and we're just getting it and it's like you know steve jobs inventing something right, right, right. So. <laughs> it's all about the marketing <laughs> yeah it's all about the market but everything that's old is new again so one of the things i want to throw at you guys is you know we talk about you know this kind of transition from dslrs to mirrorless and you know splitting hairs on image quality and all that but is it really necessary to split hairs? In other words, do photographers, we as photographers, we tend to be, and I'm speaking from experience, been shooting for, you know, uh, a couple of decades. We tend to be very myopic when it comes to our gear, our computers, our phones, everything. You know, I'm an Apple guy. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a Nikon guy. I'm a Sony, you know, which is great. But do we have to be monogamous when it comes to our camera gear? In other words, can I get a Sony and shoot that when I go on one of your one of you guys' amazing workshops to Africa or someplace, and then come home and carry around a, a Panasonic. Is there a law that says I can't do that? You can other do than both. my bank account. In, in fact, you know, I was going to say it's a law of finances, but yeah, yeah, other than the it, IRS. Yeah. Well, Juan's a good example of somebody who's shooting both. I mean, he he still has a Canon system and yeah. long Canon glass. Um, I on workshops will shoot. Uh, 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 Mark and I have a Nikon. 
D810 and a long Nikon lens that we take to Africa, and I'll I'll use that interchangeably. So we we have been what I like to call bicameral. Love it, um, love it. bicameral. You know, uh, <laughs> but there's some most people aren't going to be that way uh, at all. It's there's because it's money. Well, yeah, it's and money, and and it's also hassle factor. You got to learn. Different menus. Right. You've got to have different batteries and chargers and yeah. just different everything, different fill. Uh, it, it becomes an issue. So um, I don't think the average person is not going to ever do that, you know. But yeah, somebody who's really into their passion and their craft and they want to go get a, a cool mirrorless body for awesome street photography, pick up, you know, yeah, the small Sony, the small Panasonic, heck, the small Fuji. I know a lot of people shooting with it. And then maybe they take, out on their landscape photography trips where they go three times a year to someplace awesome, they take some big full frame, you know, Alpha 7 R2 and, you know, $3,000 worth of wide angle lenses. More power yeah. to them. I know. Right. It, just, it just gets me the, the argument because I think a lot of this argument comes from the manufacturers where they want you to be <laughs> in their ecosystem and only their ecosystem. And photographers buy into that when you don't really need to. Like if, if I'm going to Africa with you, Andy, I'm on one of those workshops. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to bring my Lumix gear with me, of course. But if I'm if I get this once in a lifetime shot of you know, some gorilla and, and her baby or something. I want I want as many pixels as I can possibly get. Well, you want to know a dirty little secret. I did go to Africa four times during my uh, orthopedic issue phase. <laughs> and I carried um, three of those four times. I carried the Panasonic GX7 and that it. cheap little uh, 1 to 300 consumer zoom telephoto. And yeah, I shot yeah. and got amazing, you know, I've, I'm selling those images. I'm printing them big. That's so awesome. And I made up for it by sometimes I would take a panorama of an elephant. So instead of one oh. frame, I would use, oh, you know how awesome the, what is it called? The, the 35 to 100 Panasonic, yep. right? Okay, mm -hmm. so 70 to 200 equivalent, right? Yep. I would use that glass and do a panorama of an elephant or a giraffe or whatever it was and then stitch it together, and all of a sudden, I got myself sixty or seventy megapixels instead of twenty. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, you hit on one thing that I wanted to transition the conversation into. One of the main reasons why I I have multiple Lumix cameras and why I love the Micro Four Thirds system is because the menuing system on Lumix fits with my brain and I can get around on any of my cameras. I know where everything is. I know the limitations and, the and you have touchscreen and I have a touchscreen. So question number one, are you guys, so this is devil's advocate on the alpha mirrorless show. You got to send a message to Sony's engineers on their UI. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, you know, this is, and remember is I DOS? talked about, like, what is that? <laughs> remember I talked about, you know, there is some uh, uh, immaturity or growth that yeah. needs to happen. And that to me is absolutely right. I mean, the, the and we've talked about this just on this past episode that we recorded is to me, the menuing system on the Sony is a, it's a mess. It is not well organized. I'm used to coming from the Canon system system has been really well organized. They've had decades to organize this system and know how things, you know, merge with each other. And in the Sony system, I'm going from one thing to another just to make two changes to the camera. It's yeah, a little, yeah. it's a little crazy. Um, uh, so, so absolutely, I, I, you know, that's one of the areas that I think that the Sony system can benefit from a little bit of growth. But you know, going back to one of the things that um, the Andy was saying is, I started 
the way I transitioned from Canon to Sony is I bought a little point and shoot, the A6000. Yeah. And I had that, yeah. I carried that with me in a bunch of different places to try it out and see how that would work. Then the next step I think I, I did was get an adapter to use my Canon glass with the Sony camera. You know, again, didn't have to start buying all new glass and little by little kind of doing that transition. So that's something, because we hear that a lot of people say, well, I'm married to my, you know, I have such an investment in Canon glass. I have such an investment in Nikon glass. And I'm like, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But, yeah. you know, get a little adapter and use that system, you know, from one to the other. Um, yeah. But, you have, know, there's have still an open some relationship with your Have an open relationship with your glass, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, have an open relationship with your camera system. You know, exactly. don't, just don't don't put the cameras next to each other because they really will go after, you know. Then, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> you get a cat good. fight right there. But That is not good. Uh, Andy, you, you hit on something that's near and dear to my heart. Another reason why I'm... I'm glued to my current system, the the Lumix system, and it, it's the touchscreen. Yeah. So I love the touchscreen. It seems like, and we've talked about this on TWIP and on All About the Gear ad nauseum, the idea that we are now trained to, when we see a screen like this, yes. we can zoom. touch it. Yes. We can touch it and yes. do stuff Hallelujah. with it. Hallelujah. What's up no, with that? No, 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 no. Yeah, well, the, uh, he's addressing oh, me. Oh, why? You say no? <laughs> I think well, he said let, Andy. We'll, we'll let Andy talk and then I'll talk. <laughs> oh, I want to hear this. This is, this is a cage fight. Go, yes, go a cage for fight. It. It's fight, 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 fight. Having used uh, a very, very awesome system for a couple of years, that, that Lumix system, you know, I got used to the touchscreen. Um, every, every bit about it. For when you're on the tripod and you want to pick a focus point, boop, tap and you're done. Uh, you want to review your image and zoom in, you pinch and zoom and you're zooming in. Yeah, everything about it just is so much faster and easier. And I think that Sony, you know, needs to do it. I wish they would. I've been wishing for a couple of years. And, you know, it's not a deal breaker for me, obviously. I just yeah. wish they had it. Uh, the people that I think object to it um, are have said to me, well, they don't want the touchscreen being activated like when they bring their camera up to their eye or something well that it turns off when you do that so mm -hmm. i don't see why they can't be best of both worlds if juan wants to stay being a dinosaur you know uh <laughs> acting like an old man who can't make a change and you know all that then fine let him have the menus and let him navigate with a control wheel and then for the more enlightened people frederick <laughs> like you and me Yes. Um, we or lazy or lazy lazy or enlightened either way right we yeah. can have the touchscreen well, you all know, right. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not opposed to the touchscreen. What I'm opposed to is to having the touchscreen on all the time. You know, if I were able to control when the touchscreen is available to me and when it isn't, you can. that would be great. You know, yeah. for example, um, if I was able to have the touchscreen only when I'm reviewing images, because absolutely, the point in the zoom in and zoom out is kind of nice. Or, for example, when I'm using, you know, the menuing system, one of the problems that I've had when I've had people in workshops with the Panasonic systems with the touchscreen is that they, by accident, touch that touchscreen and change settings all the time, or they change the focus point, and they don't even know that they've done it. Mm. Um, and, and because, you know, it doesn't have kind of a safeguard to prevent accidental touch onto that. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying with the nose, I'm just saying yeah. with their fingers, when the camera's on a tripod. We saw this last week in Iceland. There needs to be a safeguard on every system. I don't care what camera, mirrorless, mm. DSLR, the settings, that, like if you want to change things, you have to, there should be a switch you turn that activates like the ability switch. to change things. Yeah. Because right, we yeah. get people, I have, honestly, right. we see it all the time. They're touching buttons left and right. Ah, and they don't know what they touched. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Like with the on the on all these camera systems, Lumix included, there are the you know the custom settings. I should be able to say, okay, I'm going to be shooting this kind of photography. Hit that custom setting. Have the camera automatically configure itself. But then, like you're saying, Andy, wouldn't it be great to have a physical lock or something on there to say, yeah, stay in this mode until I tell you to get out of this mode. I don't exactly. care what I do to the camera because right. I may be running up and down a mountain or whatever lock it and stay right there so I can have confidence the next time I get ready to shoot it's in that same exact position I think that's a uh, Sony Fuji Panasonic if you're listening that's <laughs> your next feature put that <laughs> yeah I mean what how long did it take for example for Canon to put a lock on the little mode dial yeah. it wasn't until like two or three years ago that they did that for the longest yeah. time you could hit that mode dial and change the setting you know uh really nilly and I think that you know, my my objection to the touchscreen is not that I'm a dinosaur because I do have a smartphone. Um, <laughs> that doesn't count. One. So, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't count. When it's, everyone is super, no one is super one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think I think you know we need to do it in a smart way, in a way that doesn't make it easier for people to screw up the settings on the camera. Because that's the experience that I've seen with a lot of people is that having that touch touchscreen makes it that much easier for people to mess up the settings and not know what they're doing. So as long yeah. as we have that and I'm able to configure when it goes on and when it goes off, I'm all for the touchscreen. Well, that, that, that is, I had, let, let's just position this as I had that issue early on when I started using mm -hmm. Panasonic cameras, but you learn how to use your hardware and it quickly goes away. You know, it's, yeah, but I you think, can control I think when it comes on, when it goes off, all that stuff. Juan's point is a good one. And, you know, let's give everybody best of both worlds. Personally, I think that these this issue and others um, uh, are controlled less by marketing and product development and more by legal departments. I bet you there's some patents involved, for example, that is preventing touchscreen from being out on the cameras today in the Sony world. I'm just speculating, but you know why? I mean, come on, it's, it's 2016, and every device we own is touchscreen, right. including the screen yeah. I'm looking at you guys on right now. Yeah, you know uh, my watch. Yes, yeah, my watch. Right, right. The watch. <laughs> my thermostat is a touchscreen. I don't have one. It's becoming increasingly <laughs> obvious uh, the the lack of a touchscreen on devices that feel like they obviously should have. I can yeah. see on a television, you know, yeah, you don't want fingerprints, yada yada, all that stuff. But even then, I would like a touchscreen, at least a touch area on there. It yeah. just feels like it's it's the way things are done these days. So. All right, one last question for you guys. So we know that size matters and touching is important. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. You see where I'm going with all this? Eh? Where's my long lens? I oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you started it. You started it. Um, okay, so when Sony launched the A7 series cameras, you know, they launched it with an A7 and it was the A7 II, right? I believe those were the two cameras that they initially kicked out. Um, if I get that right. And one was they looked identical and they still look identical. They looked identical, but one was specifically more of a landscaper's camera where it wanted to be on a tripod. And it had like when you hit the button, there were two shutter ac activations in there. It was like clunk, clunk. And then another one, the other Sony A7 was specifically for kind of street photography and running more, more casual photography, but they looked the same. Now there are multiple A7s in the line that all look pretty much the same. How do people that are thinking, you know what, hey, I heard about this Alpha Mirrorless podcast. I'm going to get on there because I need help making the decision on which one of these Alpha cameras to get 
How do they know which one to buy? Hey, first of all, Frederick, we have an episode just for you. We have an episode <laughs> that we already released called, you know, what's with the alphabet soup? <laughs> there and, you go. Yeah. And we, and they, we walk through that, all the different cameras right now and what their strengths are and what, who should use them for what and whatnot. So Perfect. we have that right there. Have you listened to the podcast yet? Frederick? I've heard about it. I haven't listened to that episode yet. No. <laughs> it, but like anything, you know, it can be confusing. Our aim with the show is to simplify things. I mean, one of the guiding principles that uh, Juan and I both have as we're teaching anyone is to, you know, kiss, right? Keep it, oh, we got kiss is important too. Keep it simple, stupid, right? I mean, yep. so simplifying and you can have a long spec sheet of 95 things, but in the end, right. each of these cameras is suited for pretty much a particular type of shooting. Right. Um, and we do our best to outline the differences. Um, and one way to also to think about it is, you know, there's the initial generation and then an incremental change. And then there's kind of the next generation with the A7R2 and the Sony A6300 and the, the advances in sensor and the advances in autofocus and the advances in video. It's just so much. Yeah. Our goal is to try to give people a very genuine understanding so that they can make an informed decision. Cause it, you're right. It's not easy. It really mm -hmm. isn't today. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about these price points and it's not only the price point to getting, to get into right. the system, but it's also, it's an investment it's a long-term investment. Cause you're going to be buying more lenses and accessories and, and you don't get these days back in your life, right? You don't yeah. like the, the cameras that you choose to shoot with and that you choose to take on one of these workshops or whatever, the images that you come back with, you may go back to that place again, but you're not going to make those images again. Right. right. So, so it's, it's critical that you choose the right tool for this. So. Yeah. And, you know, and even though, you know, because our, our podcast is about Sony camera systems, you know, neither, um, neither Andy nor I are kind of like camera geeks in that we're not, um, uh, gadget geeks, you know, we, our cameras are tools, you know, you we don't get married. You're talking about me, aren't you? I know. <laughs> I see you looking at me. <laughs> I am. I, no, no. Um, you know, for us, they're tools. And, you know, uh, to me, I'm not married to any one camera or really any one system at this point. If I find this, another camera that actually performs exactly what I wanted to do, I'm fine with that as well. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, one of my fears is that people will peg us or peg the podcast as a, a gear hound kind of, kind of show. And we don't want to be that at all. You know, I think we're going to be talking a lot about gear because that's exactly what we're trying to introduce people to and understand the gear. But, you know, it's not because, you know, as you said, uh, as you said to me, we're not, I'm not a fanboy. You know, I love the system. But I am not blind or blinded by, you know, the strength of the system today. I'm very well aware of the limitations and, and keep those in the foreground. That's why in the show, if you look at our show notes on the show, we have a little segment. We have the picks of the week. But before the picks of the week, we have the wish of the week, which mm -hmm. are basically our wishes for how to make this system better. In other words, we're kind of picking out the limitations of the system and what we like those, those limitations, how we like those limitations to be corrected. I love it. I love it. So you guys, you don't have digital Stockholm syndrome. No. So. <laughs> and, I, and I do not own any stock in Sony either. So there you go. There you go. Neither do I. Yeah. Neither do I. But that's good. Oh, well, I don't know if I do or not. It might be in a mutual fund or something. Well, but. yeah, I mean, that could be possible. Too. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. count. That doesn't yeah. count because it's diluted. Right. right. And, you, and you don't control it. And, and exactly. I have no control over that at all. 
All right, so we went over lots of stuff. I got lots of notes here. We went over uh, the A7. You guys have a show, Alphabet Soup, that's gonna that talks about that. We talked about lens mounts. We talked about Andy claiming size doesn't matter. We t- <laughs> <laughs> Juan claiming touching doesn't matter. <laughs> um, all kinds of stuff. So this is good. This is going to be a really, a really good show. There's a new photography conference on the scene, and it's called Out of Chicago, and it's the brainchild of my friend Chris Smith. The event happens in Chicago, June 24th through 26th, and this will be the third year and the biggest yet. This year, the lineup of speakers is kind of incredible, featuring amazing photographers and educators like Rick Salmon, Brian Peterson, Scott Bourne, Valerie Jardin, and even myself. There'll be cool workshops, portfolio reviews, photo walks, photo crawls, and a ton more. And I'll be leading several workshops, including the time-traveling photographer, the photographer's guide to marketing, and more. Plus, we'll be recording an episode of TWIP live in front of an audience, so you can join us and ask questions, and maybe you'll even make it into the show. So here's a really good part. For a limited time, the Out of Chicago team is knocking $100 off the registration price if you use the code TWIPCHICAGO when you sign up. Remember, this event happens June 24th through 26th, so sign up now and use the code TWIPCHICAGO to get a full $100 knocked off of the ticket price. Just head over to twip.pro slash OOC to see all the details. That's twip.pro slash OOC. And I'll see you in the Windy City. So on TWIP, we do this segment where, as you, as you guys may know, called Picks of the Week, where you guys can pick something to recommend to the to the TWIP listening audience. In this case, I'm assuming it's going to be something Sony Alpha related, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Maybe. It doesn't have to be. I'm leaving. As long as it's photography related, you're yeah. all good. So Andy, Andy, you go first. Yeah. So if you had made that bet, Frederick, you would have lost <laughs> because my pick of the week has nothing to do with Sony. And Maybe nothing that. to do with mirrorless. Uh, the big news this week has been that uh, Google has made the Nick collection free uh-huh. for downloading. Um, and my recommendation is that you go ahead and type into the Google box Nick collection, N-I-K, and get one of the best plugin sets out there for free. I mean, this yeah. is something people used to pay five and $600 for. Then Google bought Nick, and then it was for sale for 150 and now it's absolutely free. I know there's a lot of talk about it out there, whether that means it's going to die or whether Google's yeah, going to give yeah, it we up. we talked about that. I don't yeah. know. You know, okay, so what? It's free. Get it and enjoy it. I love it. Enjoy yeah, it while you can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. We talked about, I think, that last week on Twip, and we brought up that very same topic, Andy, was it? Is does that is that the harbinger or the, uh, the crib keeper coming to take Nick away or... And that, what did I say? I thought maybe this was Google, their first step in incorporating it into, you know, that, that code base into Google Photos or something like that. Yeah. So who knows? Totally. But anyway, that's my pick of the week. Get the Nick collection from Google. Yep. Yep. Get it right now. Type in, what do they type in the Google search box? Just Nick or Google Nick or? I just type in Nick, N-I-K collection and you, they'll find it. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. It's, Andy, that was your first ever pick of the week on this week of right. photos. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> I feel so awesome. You're no longer a twip virgin. Oh, my. Yeah. oh this show is going really down. <laughs> I know. It's, you know We're we going to get fan mail now. Can, we have, we have can, a good show. We Frederick, have a good show. can I have a cigarette? <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, Andy, go make me a sandwich. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. Send your mail to AM. Yes, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> you no, I'm mm. I can't. I can't. All right, Juan. Juan's turning colors. Oh, Look my at God. him. <laughs> Uh, right, I, just, well, I can just your, imagine all pick? the email that we're going to get. Okay, so oh. my my uh, my pick is actually more predictable. I uh, my pick of the week is the little Sony A6300. This is the oh, little mirrorless, um, newly released. It was just released a couple weeks ago. Um, mirrorless uh, camera from Sony the A6300. Believe it or not, Sony claims that it has the most phase detect uh, um, uh, autofocus sensors. In it, it's the fastest autofocus system out of in the world, absolutely. So, and it's only a thousand bucks. Incredible image quality, really small. Um, I can't recommend it enough. I've been playing with it quite a bit recently um, since I got it, and I'm you know absolutely uh, love the camera. As a matter of fact, uh, today, just today, Andy and I recorded a whole episode of the Alpha Mirrorless podcast um, on the a6300. We went through what we liked about the a6300, what's new about it. And, uh, actually that episode will be out, I think before this show comes out. So by the time you're listening to this, we would have already released that episode. Oh, you guys are, you guys are on fire. I have the page up now and it looks like body only. It's a thousand dollars. Right. Body plus the 16 to 50 millimeter kit lens, 1150. And I'll tell you that that little kit lens is the one that I have on the camera right now. And it's a really tiny little kit lens. That's not the one that shows in the picture. That one is a different lens. Um, The little kit lens is, uh, and I'll show you guys here. If you look at uh, my video feed, it's a tiny little lens, almost like a pancake lens. And this is a lens that I keep on all the time on the camera. Um, and I almost use it like a little you know, cap on the, on the camera itself because I can use this to grab shots. And I can, it's almost pocketable like this. But I can also put my big, big, heavy, long glass, um, <laughs> whether it's my 16 to 35 or the 24 to 40 or anything like that as well. So. Anyways, so okay, that's so it. One, so since you have that in your hand, how sensitive yeah. is the touchscreen on that thing? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been pressing really hard, and I dented it on the back, and it still doesn't work. You I broke don't know a screen. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's cool. That's I've when that A six thousand came out, I heard nothing but good things about that thing. I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, Robert Evans, who had uh-huh. one, and. He was just raving about how he was just able to get shots that he never got before because of the instant on nature of that thing. Like you turn mm-hmm. it on and yes. by the time you have it up to snap a picture, you can just blast off 25 pictures and 90% of them are in focus. And yes. Yep. So magic. You got to love this stuff. It's really, really amazing. Um, I don't have a pick of the week. My pick of the oh. week. Wow. is a podcast called Alpha Mirrorless. <laughs> and you can get to it. You can get to it at alphamirrorless.com or go to thisweekinphoto.com and click on Alpha Mirrorless in the menu bar. You'll find it. Go to one of the episode pages and subscribe to the show and and listen. And I would say, even if you're not a Sony shooter, you guys, like you, like we've demonstrated in this show, you guys are going to have a lot of fun with it. You guys are going to talk about Sony stuff. You're going to talk about other stuff. You're going to talk about mirrorless um, but more importantly, how to navigate that menuing system on 
<laughs> we have a whole series on episodes on that. Probably five shows. In a, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> on how to get to the multiple exposure setting. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's not going to be any problem getting to 100 episodes, Frederick. Right. <laughs> so, I don't think so. Guys, this has been fantastic. Uh, Andy Williams, where can people go to check out some of the work that you do? Maybe check out some of the workshops that you're involved in, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm super excited to have one on our team as well for that. Uh, it's munchworkshops.com, M-U-E-N-C-H, workshops.com. And that shows about 50 different places we're heading around the world in 16 and 17 and more stuff coming. Look at that. M-U-N, say the, say the URL again. M-U-E-N-C-H, munchworkshops.com. Excellent. And we'll we'll link to that in the show notes for yeah, this thanks. episode. And people can click right over to that. Cool. All right. Well, welcome to the TWIP family, sir. It's good to have you. Thank you. All right. And Mr. Juan Pons, what about you? Where can people go other than that? alphamiralist.com well, I was going to say you can go to alphamiralist.com oh no you can also go to my website that's juanpons.org that's J-U-A-N-P-O-N-S dot O-R-G and in there you'll find links to my workshops that I do through Munch Workshops as well um, you know we, we do these workshops all over the world a lot of really cool places so go and check them out and um, you can find me there and find some of my pictures and some of the videos instructional stuff that I do as well I love it. Well, before we before we sign off, so Munch Workshops, give me that. What's the elevator pitch about that organization? How does it work, and what's the average price of the the, the workshops and all that? Uh, all inclusive, total immersion, photo experience at the coolest places on the planet. Um, you know, we really try to put together unique offerings. I mean, an example: we just went to Death Valley. Okay, a lot of people go to Death Valley, but we do it a little differently. I hire outfitters that come all the way from Flagstaff, Arizona. And they drive a truck way out in the middle of nowhere at the racetrack and at Eureka Dunes in Death Valley. And we set up a private camp for a couple of nights where we have a cook and a dining tent and sleeping bags and sleeping tents and all that. Everything's set up. All our people do is come out and take photographs. And when they need to crash, they crash. When they need to eat, they eat. It's all done for them. And it's kind of a unique experience, you know, in Death Valley that is very hard to sort of replicate on your own. Um, Juan and I just did another trip in Iceland uh, 10 days ago. And uh, we have a, a guide and a good friend that we've been working with there for for years and years. Uh, his name is Scarpy. And he and I put together itineraries that sort of take us off the beaten path, you know, places where Iceland is becoming so popular. So, you know, we're going in August and in May and in September of this year to Iceland uh, with itineraries that nobody is doing because they don't know about it really. Um, and we're taking people places where they're not going to run into 500 other photographers. They're going to get unique imagery. We're teaching constantly all the time. <laughs> I even got to put Wanda work. We had a day and a half where we were socked in because of hurricane winds and weather. So we did a Lightroom class for a day and a half with, with, oh, look at that. you know, the mm-hmm. 10 guests that were with us in Iceland. So I think that's kind of the experience, all inclusive, total immersion. This is not a vacation. We like to yeah, say that's, we, that's what we like to say. There's, this is not a vacation because you leave so tired. You need a vacation from the <laughs> workshop. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So if you go on one of these workshops, you should book a, a kind of regeneration a couple of days afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Massages afterwards, a spa. That would be wonderful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, yeah, definitely. We'll link to that in the uh, in the show notes for this episode. Congratulations again to both of you guys. Thank you. It's going to be a fantastic show. The first four episodes, I'm watching the stats now. 
on fire. Uh, I think you've hit a vein and, you know, remember what I said, episode 100, what's going to happen? Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> well, no, and, and you know, Frederick, we want to say thank you also for inviting us to be a part of the TWIP network. I think that this is a, a good way to, to launch a kind of vertically aligned workshop. You know, when Andy and I were talking about this, you know, kind of doing this on our own would not have been as much fun as doing something, you know, aligned with you guys, you know, with your network that you're building. I think that uh, what you're doing is pretty cool. And, um, you know, it, it expands the possibilities that people have, you know, when they listen yeah. to TWIP, they can actually look at things that are a little more aligned with their personal interests. So we're really excited about being part of the TWIP family. All right. Well, welcome. And I want to remind the TWIP audience that, uh, you know, you can subscribe to this podcast, obviously, over at thisweekinphoto.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel and, um, you know, leave us a comment, a like, or, you know, all that good stuff there. We're also on Twitter and Facebook and all the usual places. And, uh, yeah, and most of all for this episode, the whole purpose of this episode was to get you to introduce to these guys. So please head over to alphamiralist.com, which is you know, the, the home for this podcast, subscribe to these guys, leave them feedback on iTunes. The feedback on iTunes helps raise the visibility of the show. Plus it lets them know what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, you know, and and what you like to hear more of and less of and all that stuff. So be, and you guys, you read every single comment that's posted on on iTunes, right? Yeah. So get in there, leave, leave some feedback for these guys, subscribe to the show, and enjoy and leave us feedback on Alpha Mirrorless on TWIP as well. There's a contact form on TWIP where you can do a pull down and send messages directly to these guys. So there's no reason for you not to be in contact with Alpha Mirrorless <laughs> or This Week in Photo. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to leave it at that. And my signature sign off line is it's time to take that lens cap off. <laughs> Weekend Photo is a PixelCore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.